Greetings. Greetings, family. Welcome to the Soul Content Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis. Um, and let's get into some. Let's get into some very, very deep understanding certain things. Just with everything that's going on. Um, as far as the uh, the COVID nineteen, the pandemic, and how it's affecting a lot of people, and in particular the church, right? Because that's that's what I want to kind of focus on. I know that there's a lot of people that are being affected by it, not just the church. I know that there's people who are just everyday people working, you know, workers that. Uh, you know, have lost many jobs. We, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but I know it's millions and millions of people that have lost their jobs due to the pandemic. And I'm sure they'll bounce back. I'm sure they'll bounce back because, you know, there's always opportunities out there uh, to, you know, find employment. There's, there's so many, so many different opportunities today in the world that we live in today. You know, I've lost jobs before. And I was able to bounce back. So I feel like, you know, all those people who lost their jobs, if they have the right mentality, if they have, you know, faith in themselves and and their potential, you know, they'll be able to bounce back. It's not it's not something that it's not the end of the world. You shouldn't feel like the sky is falling and that everything is over if, if you know. Because, like I said, we live in a different world today. A lot of everything is becoming digital. Everything is on the internet. So there's so much opportunities out there. You know, we have a gig economy. We have different ways of making money that I feel like everybody could take, you know, can bounce back, really. Everybody can bounce back. But... You know, it depends. Like I said, it depends on the person's mentality. You know, because we definitely have more opportunities than our ancestors did in the not too far past, you know, not too distant past. You know, our ancestors had very limited, very limited, uh, uh, you know, opportunities available to them. You know, a lot of them just had a few Especially if you was, you know, black, if you was of a different, you know, of a different nationality or a different ethnicity living in America, that made it even more difficult to get a certain opportunity. So, you know, I think these times are challenging, but also they can propel you to do something that you could have always done, you know, that you've always had the ability to do, you just didn't necessarily hone in on it but now that the pandemic has forced us a lot of people are gonna are gonna are gonna rise from this they're gonna they're gonna take that opportunity and say you know what i was living the wrong way f that job let me do this let me let me create my own job let me create something that i know now if something was to happen i will still have it i was i wouldn't I, i wouldn't lose it Right, so I know a lot of people will bounce back, but this particular podcast, I want to focus on the church because it's it's very deep. Um, is is deep the right word? I don't know if deep is the right word. I'll say that is is interesting, and yeah, it's interesting what's what's happening with the church. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm having a little, little technical difficulty here. Okay, so like I was saying, let me see if it's still recording. All right. So it's 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 interesting what's going on with the churches because 
when you look at the different phases as far as reopening, right, we know that the church has been set to the last phase to reopen. Right, so the last, I think there's four phases, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. I, you know, I really don't. I'm not going to say that I pay too much attention to the news and things that's going, even though, you know, certain things do come across my, my timeline, if you will. So, and obviously, some of those things are important because they affect me, not only me, but my family, which is what actually inspired this particular podcast because I have family. That's sorry, excuse me, guys. I burped, but um, I got family that's in the business of the church, if you will. And you know, obviously, that that hits close. That hits close to home. So that's actually what inspired this particular podcast. This particular episode. And like I said, the church was put to the last phase of reopening. Now, we're sitting right now in July, right? No, I'm sorry, August. August 11th at this point, right? Yeah, August 11th. And anybody that knows out there knows that we still haven't really fully reopened, right? People are still not able to gather in big crowds, not able to gather in, in like places, especially not the church. As far as I know, I know that there's really no churches that are open at this moment. So, I mean, it's we know that right now a lot of people that rely on the church that were in the church business, quote unquote, church business, that you know, rely on the church economy because let's be real, the church became its own economy. I know that they're getting hit really, really hard right now. You know, because if you're not able to gather in large crowds, you're not able to go to church at the moment, it's hard to get dollars in that collection plate. You know, so a lot of people are taking a big, big financial hit. And I'm sure a lot of people are worrying, you know, because uh, let's be real, right? Let's be honest. The way this system was designed, it was designed to keep people in debt, right? It was designed to keep people in debt. That way you would always be a slave a slave to those that control the system. So unfortunately, a lot of these Christian denominations, these Christian churches, these pastors, they're not too hip to the game, if you will. They're not, they don't understand that reality. The reality that The economy is rigged to a certain extent, right? Because if you're somebody who, let's say, a pastor, right? A pastor, you're, you're, you're just, let's say that you believe in God, you believe in Christ, and you was raised in the church, and, you know, you went to the, the theologian school, and, you, you know, you, you learned how to teach the particular doctrine that you teach, and you became a pastor, and now you, you you know you're the pastor of a particular church. Let's let's just throw out Seven Day Adventist, well Seven Day Adventist Church, and let's say you don't have a make a mega church, but let's say you have a, a pretty decent sized church, right? You're gonna make a pretty good living off of being a pastor for a pretty decent church. You know you're gonna be able to purchase. You know, a pretty good car of the year. You're going to be able to purchase a house. Now, that's the thing. Based on the way the economy is was designed, a lot of people are not going to have the kind of money to say, hey, I can just purchase a house straight up. 
And you know most people want to live above their means, right? Because that also plays into this, is the mentality that people have. And unfortunately, a lot of people do live above their means. They don't have the mentality to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to live in that two-bedroom apartment until I'm able to actually secure the amount that I, the amount of money that I need to purchase that beautiful home that I want. You know, many people don't have that mentality. Many people say, you know what? I'd rather take a loan from the bank. And that this is the game, right? This is the game here that I'm talking about. The game is force people to have to take loans out to get mortgages on their houses, to get, you know, to finance their cars. You know, we know the, the game, the game that that, that we're under, the, the economic game that has been weaponized against the people. So people put themselves in debt, you know, and they believe that one day they'll be able to pay this off. They, they, they believe wholeheartedly that, hey, one day, I'll be able to get the money that I need to actually pay this large amount of money that I just took from the bank, a $500,000 loan or whatever the case may be, right? Which is hopeful thinking. And there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, like I said, you do need faith in yourself. You do need faith in your potential. But specifically talking just about people in the church, right? It's really not promised. It's really not promised. It's not promised that your church is going to be a functional, successful church. You know, people can leave your church. People can decide to not attend your church. They may not like the way you teach. They may not like your message. They may feel like, oh, or they may be attracted to another church. Another church can say can can be attractive and they can say, hey, I want to go to that church. I'd rather be in that church than this church. Right. So it's not promised. But. You know, people still do it anyway. People still go go out on a limb and take these huge loans out, these huge things out. And then when something like this happens, right, like the pandemic, which I, I know who's behind it. You know, I know the, the satanic uh, government that's behind it, the, the, the demons, the devils that are behind this whole entire scheme and game. That's being ran on the people. When they pulled this rabbit out the hat. And they used this Trump card. To cripple the economy. And devastate it. Right. What happens now? Now that the church pretty much has been targeted. Exactly what Christ says happens. Right. Because Christ has a parable. Let me go exactly to the parable. Because. I want to quote it. I want to quote it verbatim, but it's a very popular parable, so, or at least a, a a saying of Christ. This is a very popular saying that Christ, that that people know. It's a famous quote, right? But I want to quote it verbatim. Give me a second here. Um, I'm Googling it now. Give me a second. I don't want to. Exactly what Christ said will happen. And, and it's beautiful that I'm using Christ's words because, mind you, we're dealing here with the church. We're dealing here with the Christian church, which claims to be followers of Christ, right? Now, the, the, the verses, chapter and verses, hold on, let me make sure I have the right version here. It's Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let me see what. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You guys know how this internet is sometimes. All right. I'm going to have to type in 
Matthew chapter 7. Chapter 7, KJV. And I'm going to use the King James Version because the King James Version is, to me and to many, many scholars out there, pretty accurate and close to the Hebrew. I, I prefer also the, the NRSV, uh, the Cambridge Version, the New Revised Standard Version, which is pretty much a new revised version of the King James Version, which is it's a good version because it corrects a lot of the mistakes that the King James translators made. But this is not a podcast on biblical history list. I want to keep it just on what's going on and my perspective on the Christian church and how it's being affected, why it's being affected. So Matthew chapter 7. verse okay this is a good place to start actually right even though this is not the exact verse but i'm gonna start on verse 19 right because this also uh speaks to the churches right christ says even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit a good tree could not bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So Christ gave us some key, key wisdom on discernment. That's what Christ is teaching in this particular passage. He's teaching discernment. He's teaching us how to discern and judge what type of tree it is, right? Because you can judge it by the fruit that it bears, right? And fruit, going into the fruits and things of that nature, is, is a complex topic because when, when, when Christ is making the analogy to a tree, those fruits can mean many different things, right? And, you know, that can be used against people because if somebody knows that you're using that to discern, then they'll use that to kind of deceive you because they'll make it appear as if they're bearing good fruit, which is a whole other topic in and of itself, right? And this is very important too, right? This is chapter... This is verse 21, right? It says, continuing on, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then... Will I prof profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now that speaks to a lot of the Christian pastors, right? Because a lot of these pastors will see in that day that they was they wasn't doing the will. Of the Father. Now, to some people, that may sound offensive. That may sound uh, blasphemous, whatever they may feel, right? But Christ's words, you know, it, it, they're they're not a mystery. It's not something that we have to debate what they mean. He's clearly letting us know that there's a lot of people who profess to follow him, who profess to be of the Christian faith, the Christian way of life, 
and he's letting you know that not everybody that comes to him in that day. And mind you, these are people that are actually doing works in his name, right? These are people that are uh, going out, teaching in his name, Jesus Christ. And listen, it's very important that we also hone in on the Jesus Christ aspect of it, right? Because you hear a lot of people, Jesus, 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 Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And they, they just throw that name out there. They just throw it all around. They, you know, they pretty much, they actually, you know, pretty much blaspheme the name when you really look at it. Because a lot of people, you know, they, they just throw it around loosely. They don't really put any respect or any, you know, you know, respect on it. But Christ is clearly telling you there that, you know, many people are going to come to him and say, I casted out demons in your name. Right. And we see a lot of people do that. We see a lot of people that deal with some type of spiritual aspect of things. They go out and they cast demons out in the name of Jesus. I I heal you. I cast you out or whatever the case may be. And some of these people actually believe that they're actually doing it for Christ. You know, but they're they they've been deceived, unfortunately. And this goes into a, so much of a deeper topic because it's multi-layered right because the deception is deep the deception what the roman empire did to the christian belief you know this is how you know that the romans were really really close to satan because what they've done to infiltrate the christian doctrine the christian church with catholicism etc with the jesuits Right. They really, really have done a number on the people because they've totally twisted Christ's doctrine upside down and perverted it, manipulated it and weaponized it. And the Bible actually tells you about this. It tells you that they stagger not with strong drink. And they've drunk of the cup. They drunk of the cup of the whore that sits on many waters. Right. And we know that the whore that sits on many waters is pretty much the Roman Catholic Church, the Holy Roman Empire. That has totally perverted the the scriptures and they've taken it and, and, and pretty much have deceived many, many people. So when Christ says. Uh, many will come to me in that day. And I will tell them that I never knew them is speaking to the many, many doctrines, denominations that are out here currently that these pastors are constantly teaching to the people. Right. But then this is exact. This is the verse that I wanted to really touch on because this speaks to the pandemic. I wanted to, you know, I added those 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 verses in there because it also speaks to what I was getting at. But. This hones in on this hones in on it, right? It says, "Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and fell not, for it was founded upon a rock." And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now that's to me that right there truly, truly hones in on what we're seeing today with these Christian churches during this COVID period, during this pandemic. And guess what? Not a lot of these churches are not going to fall, right? A lot of these mega churches, they're not going to fall yet. They're not going to fall yet, but they will fall. But I'm speaking to the people who are genuine, who believe in Christ, right? Who believe in God, believe in the God of the Bible who believe in the creator, who are going through these, these struggles, 
who are a lot of them are going to lose their churches, right? A lot of them are going to lose a lot of finances. They're going to they're going to seriously struggle with a lot of their finances. Um, but it speaks to what Christ is touching on here, which is if we do what Christ told us to do, when the flood comes, when the storm comes, what we built will stand. We're not gonna be, be we're not gonna be tossed to and fro. We're not gonna be tossed or destroyed or fall when the storm comes. And the storm is coming. The storm is here. We're not in the eye of the storm yet, but the storm is here. You can see it brewing. The storm is brewing right now as we speak, as I speak. So when Christ says this, it should automatically make all of us, including myself, we should all step back and say, man, have I been doing what Christ said to do? Have, have I been teaching the pure doctrine and principles of Christ? Am I teaching the right Christ? Right, because Paul himself told us that if any man come to you preaching another Christ, receive him not. So if Paul himself acknowledged that somebody can come to you and preach another Christ, it shows you that anybody can take these scriptures and create a totally different doctrine out of it and teach a Christ that's not the real Christ, that's not the true Christ and his true message and true purpose. So this is an eye opener, right? This is an eye opener. A lot of these pastors, unfortunately, they have made merchandise of the word of God, which we, can, we know for a fact that if you, if you study the scriptures and you study Christ's walk, that was something that he was really, really against. Right. We all know the story of him walking into the temple and overturning the money changers and the people that were selling stuff inside the temple. And he said, wait, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. Why are you guys sitting here, you know, selling things? So Christ was against he was against people uh, making merchandise of the scriptures. Well, I will say this right to give clarity. Right. There's nothing wrong with. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, receiving tithe, receiving tithes, right, as a church. There's nothing wrong with that. And if those tithes go into helping people and taking care of people's livelihood, there's nothing wrong with that. Because even the disciples, everything was common to the disciples. They shared everything, everything that came in, the people that came in that was that was genuinely wanting to follow Christ, they came in and they gave everything that they had. They said, hey, I got I got silver, I got gold, I have land over here. I'm going to sell the land, I'm going to get gold, and I'm just going to give it to the church, and we're going to follow Christ. And everything became common unto them. So they shared everything. They became a family. They became a community, which is how it should be. That's how it should be. That's the true way of Christ. It's us coming together, uniting under Christ and walking away from Satan's world and his uh, his economy and coming together and supporting each other. So there's nothing wrong with tithes. There's nothing wrong with supporting each other. But we all know that, especially with the prosperity doctrine. A lot of these pastors are they've pretty much pimped the word of God. They they just said they don't even believe in the word of God. They a lot of these dudes, they probably worshiping something totally different behind the scenes, but then before the world, they're preaching, right? They're preaching the word of God because they know that it brings in those dollars, right? Because a lot of people sincerely want to worship the creator. They want to worship the true way, right? So 
what we're seeing right now, a lot of these pastors are going to be are going to be shaken up. And a lot of them are going to fall. And like Christ said, we should know them by their fruits. And if they fall, then hey, we know that they was not founded upon that rock. They didn't do what Christ told them to do. They wasn't really following Christ. They was following this world. They was following Lucifer. They was following the way of this world, which is put money first. And that's that's the biggest problem with them doing what they do is that they put the money, the economy of the church above everything else, above everything else. They don't even. And, you know, Christ tells us that he tests the rain, right? He tests the hearts of men. He can, he knows the hearts of men. So Christ can see that a lot of these pastors don't really genuinely want to follow him. They, a lot of them, they just see the fact that this is a way to come up. This is a way to put yourself in a financial position where you'll be good in society. Because a lot of people, they freely give to the church. We know, we know that there's with our families, our grandmothers, our aunts, a lot of times they give everything they got to these churches because they believe that these are actually men of God, you know. And it, it takes God to open your eyes to see that these men are not. These men are actually, a lot of these pastors are Freemasons. A lot of these pastors are Freemasons. So they actually worship Lucifer, but that's a, a totally different uh, topic. I want to just hone in on the fact that a lot of these churches are struggling now, big time. And what's going, what's what it what is going to lead to is, uh, what's it called? The, uh, I forgot the exact thing that it's called, but it's when when they present a problem and then they also give you the solution to the problem. That's what it's ultimately going to lead to. It's going to it's going to lead to the the financial fall of many of these churches. And it's going to pretty much ready them and prepare them to receive the chip. To receive the implant that's coming to society because that's been the agenda for the longest time. A lot of people may not know that, but that's where this is all heading. You know, that's why banks have been established. That's why there's a monopoly on these banks. That's why they're slowly, they have slowly engineered us to move away from cash right they slowly engineered us to move away from the the different financial systems that we had in ancient times and they slowly moved it into credit cards and debit cards and now everything is pretty much becoming digital now and there's an agenda behind it there's a purpose to that there's a purpose for them doing that because it's not even about money anymore these people print money the people that are in control of the economy, that are in control of the banks, they print the money. So they they don't need money anymore. Money is they've already uh, they've already passed us ten times over. These people have trillions and trillions of dollars at their disposal. So it's not about money for them anymore. It's about total control and ultimately the annihilation of humanity. But again, this is a slow buildup. They have to build it up. They have to engineer us into pretty much accepting our own demise. So a lot of these churches, they're, they're, they're pretty much ready for it. They're ready to be to be chipped up because a lot of these pastors, they're going to be struggling so much. They're going to be like, man, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay these bills. You know, and, and because they put so much into, they pretty much put all their eggs into that basket. Not all of them. I'm pretty sure there's some smart pastors out there who who had investments and had other businesses on the side or whatever. But if, but even them, if you're if you're dependent upon the bank system, you're still going to be you're still going to take the implant because that's the whole point of banking. That's the reason why banks were created, right? So if you're dependent upon that, which most pastors are, it's still going to prepare you to accept the next phase 
of banking, the next phase of the economy or, or the financial system. Because it's, it's gonna it's going to go to a different form of banking, a different form of finance. No longer will you have to swipe a credit card or uh, pull out cash. You know those things are gonna be in the past. It's gonna it's gonna come down to the the system is gonna be within us. So all we would have to do is just have our our right hand scanned at the register or our forehead scanned at the register and everything all 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 of our data will be stored within that particular technology that will be in us i can't say in us because i'm not gonna have it put in me but i'll you know i'm just for sake of argument or sake of of understanding i'm just i'm saying us so that you know but a lot of these pastors, they're going to take it. They're going to take because of the devastation of the economy. And this this is why this was created. This is why this pandemic uh, was created. It has many purposes, but one of the main purpose is devastation. It's going to devastate particular groups. And the particular group that they're aiming to devastate, one of the particular groups is the church. Um, because they need a lot of these pastors to be willing to accept the next phase that they're going to bring in in this new world order. So a lot of pastors, hey, this is your wake-up call. This is your wake-up call. This is the time to really reassess and see where you stand. And guess what? We know if you truly believe in Christ, if you're sincere, you truly believe in, in the most high then you know we worship and we serve merciful god right a god that knows who you are he knows who he knows the mistakes that we make he knows us he knows us more than we know us ourselves so there's nothing wrong with admitting that you know that you was deceived that you was wrong that you did that you sinned there's nothing wrong with that you can accept that and actually, that's what the Most High wants. He wants people to be sincere in heart and just admit, hey, I made a mistake. I did this. I did that. And I'm ready to change. But a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people are very prideful, especially people that are in positions like that, who, who, who pretend to be dignified and pretend to be um, self-righteous like the Pharisees. When you look at the Pharisees, the, the, the Israelites already fell by the time the Pharisees came on the scene. By the time the Pharisees and the Sadducees were on the scene and doing what they was doing during the Second Temple period, Israel, the Israelites were already scattered, right? They already fell. The Most High already destroyed them, basically, and put them under their enemies which is what was prophesied right and 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 deuteronomy 28 it was prophesied that the israelites were going to fall and that they were going to have to serve their enemies by that time they were already serving their enemies right because the temple already was destroyed the temple of solomon was already destroyed that was a reconstructed temple that was actually sanctioned by their enemies by the people that was in charge at that time, which was, if I'm not mistaken, Herod, which was a Roman. He was an he was an Idumean. He was an Edomite, and he was the one that sanctioned the rebuilding of the temple. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that. But regardless, the point is, is that by that time, the Israelites were already a fallen nation, and this is why. Christ had such an issue with the with the Pharisees because he called them what they was, which was hypocrites. You know, they were hypocrites because a lot of them presented themselves before the world as being self-righteous, as being these dignitaries, as being these honorable men. But in reality, they was just as evil, just as corrupt, just as sinful as anybody else was. And a lot of these pastors, they, they've drunk of that Pharisee cup. They have that, that, that Pharisee leaven in them. 
you know, they have that leaven, that Pharisee leaven, which is hypocrisy, and it's uh, pretty much just fronting for the world so that people can look at you and, and think that you're an authority figure. So a lot of these people suffer from that, which makes them lack humility. And it prevents them from just admitting that they were wrong, that they that they, you know, that they wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, not everybody. I want to make that clear. Not everybody, because there's certain churches out there that I'm aware of that have been doing what they needed to do, you know, and are not being challenged the way other churches are, other pastors are through this pandemic, through this phase that's going on. And by the way, just to be clear, this is only the beginning. What's going on right now is only the beginning of the end. This is this is going to get much, much worse as time goes on. You know, so this pandemic is nothing compared to, to what's coming. You know, and it already a lot of people are falling through this, through this hurdle or this this minor storm, if you will. That's going on. And to me, it just speaks to the fact that a lot of us have not been doing what Christ told us to do. Right. And the funny thing is, is like I don't know about anybody else, but whenever I read Christ's teachings, because Christ told us that his word is spirit. Right. There's there's a spirit to his words. Whenever I read it, there's a spirit that comes over me that just it, it, it makes me realize that. Everything that we put our hopes in, our faith in, our, you know, our, our desires in, it's, 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 it's a lie. It just makes me realize and see things for what they truly are. And honestly, it always makes me want to just get up and walk away from everything and just say, you know what, I'm just going to dedicate myself to this truth, to Christ, to the Most High. So I don't know how anybody else interprets it, but that's what I receive when I read it, because that's what Christ did. When you look at Christ's walk, he went out into the world when he came of age, right? Because I think he was about 30 years old, 29 years old when his ministry officially became, um, his, his ministry began. But once he came of age and it was his time, to do what he was prophesied to do, he dedicated himself to that. That's it. He wasn't working a side job. He wasn't doing anything else. That's what he dedicated himself to do. Whether he had money, whether he had food for that day, whether whatever he didn't have or, or had, it didn't matter to him. The only thing that mattered to him was doing the will of the Most High. And that obviously we know his purpose and what his purpose was, which was to be a sacrifice for the children of Israel that um, that um, he fulfilled. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law of the Jews, which was a, a lamb without blemish to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. And he fulfilled that. But not only that, he also brought us the true way back to the most high. He tried. He brought us the true way of keeping the law. And it's just sad, man. It's sad to see it because, like I said, I have family that's a part of the churches that believe in these denominations and these churches and are dependent on it, you know, and, and their finances are dependent on it. And they don't realize that, you know, Lucifer, Satan, is, you know, he's he's twisting everything upside down. He's going to, he now he's. He's, he knows he has a short time, guys. He knows that. So he's now he's working to prepare you, to, to get you ready to receive what he needs you to receive, which is to integrate yourself to him, you know, because in his eyes, you belong to him anyway. Right? He gave you everything you have anyway. He gave you the house that you have. He gave you the car that you have. Because you haven't been worshiping the Most High. Oh, you thought you was worshiping the Most High this whole time? Sorry. It's worshiping the Fallen One this whole time. So he gave you everything that you have. So to him, you're his property. And he wants to make sure that he solidifies that. 
And in order to do that, he understands your psychology. He understands how you think, how you feel. And he's like, okay, in order for me to get them ready and prepared and willing to accept what I want them to accept, I have to devastate them. I have to take away the things that I gave them. And then reintroduce it to them and say, hey, I can give you these things right back. You can you can have your house back. You can have your cars back. I can wipe all those debts clean. We can wipe that clean. Clean slate. Water under the bridge. Just take this. Just, this is all you have to do right here. If you do this, we'll, 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 Water under the bridge, everything's new. You don't even have to worry about that $500,000 debt, that million-dollar debt that you built up throughout your life is done. We're going to clean it clean and just, you know, this is the new way of doing things now. This is the new way of doing things. And that's that's pretty much what's going to happen. But, again, a lot of these these pastors, these preachers, they've, they've put most of their trust in the money and the finances and that was that was their true motivation of becoming pastors they never really believed in christ a lot of them probably hated the whole concept of the bible and 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 christ itself like a lot of them probably hated it but they saw the opportunity which is to make hundreds of thousands of dollars to live in a beautiful house and a beautiful and have a nice car and take care of your family because a lot of these people are actually they think worldly they think about the world they don't really think about the kingdom of god they don't even see that as a reality like i said a lot of these pastors and preachers believe it or not they worship other gods behind the scenes let me make sure that it's still recording all right cool 47 minutes but a lot of these pastors, they worship other gods behind the scenes. A lot of these pastors, they worship Egypt. They look at Egypt and believe in Egypt, right? A lot of them are Buddhist, right? They, they believe more so in the Buddhist philosophy. So they're not 100% devoted to Christ anyway. So to them, you know, it was just an opportunity. It was just a way to make money. Well, hey, Christ told us, like, you can't serve God and serve mammon. And listen, mammon, this is the deep thing about mammon, right? Because money, money is considered, when you when you translate that word mammon, it translates to money. But what most people don't know is that mammon is also a fallen angel. Mammon is actually also a particular fallen angel, right? To show you that the people that set up the monetary system, that set up the economy, that set up the banks, they received this knowledge of how to do this and how to execute this from a particular fallen angel, a particular fallen entity. In fact, a lot of these sciences and different technologies that we have today came from a specific fallen angel it happens in many different ways right but a lot of times these fallen angels through, through the people that they can influence the most they will give them and for people out there that are spiritual know that know the the concept of a download right a spiritual download a lot of these people they receive these spiritual downloads when they go into these deep meditations, because believe it or not, the people that set up the banks, they were into different mysticisms and they went into, I'm not going to name any names now, because I, I, like I said, I'll touch on this later. I'll, I'll probably do a presentation on this at some point. But a lot of these people were actually into different spiritual systems, right? In particular, the Kabbalah. Right. And, and anybody that knows the Kabbalah knows that the Kabbalah is pretty much a magical system. It's a system of magic. Right. That teaches you different spells, incantations that you can use to connect to fallen angels. And it also teaches you different deep 
uh, I think they call it, uh, what is it, um, is it transmental? I forgot the word that they use, but it's, a, it's specific types of meditations. It's deep meditation that allows you to channel different information. So it, it's not far-fetched to believe and know that a lot of these people who brought this banking system to the world and have been able to become extremely successful at it, got this knowledge from their deep meditations and their communications with specific angelic forces. That, I'm going to just put that as an aside. Um, so, hey, the rabbit hole gets deep. The rabbit hole gets very, very deep. And, um, you know, as I said in my last podcast, my war episode, understand that this is a war that has started a long time ago and it's, it's continuing to this day. And a lot of people are going to fall through this process, unfortunately. But for those out there who are not, those are those that are chosen, that are elected. From the beginning of the creation. And those are the people that Christ knew will serve him in sincerity and in truth. Because that's all the Most High actually asks. All the Most High asks is for us to have a sincere heart. And to worship him in truth and in righteousness. That's all he asks of us. Is to be sincere. Even if you sin, at least sin with a sincere heart. You know, don't do it with with, you know, different things. So, hey, I hope this was an insightful episode. I could go deeper into certain things, but I want to keep it to a certain time limit. And that also allows me to touch on certain things on a later episode, which I want to do. But hopefully this was insightful and it touched on a few things that can help people out there. Um, see what's going on, you know, and like I said, I can go deeper into things, but I'm going to keep it there so that way I can touch on it on a later date and bring more information and more understanding and more clarity to these issues. But may the most high bless. Um, one love, take care.